0: But it's the, hope you guys read the little bio, but essentially relationships in the church and how Satan wants to destroy them. So, um, if you guys don't know, I am Mackenzie Albert. I am in Atlanta. Really, I'm in Kennesaw, um, which is about 40 minutes north of Atlanta. So uh, that's where I went to college. That's actually where I was met. I've been gone for almost 10 years, and now I moved back. It's great to be back. I have three beautiful okay. children. Come Come on in. this is spiritual warfare. I hope this is where you want to be. Hey, there's some room over here too. Yeah, we can make a row in front of the other ladies. I will stay right here. Um. Anyways, telling a little about myself, three beautiful children, a lot of you have gotten to meet those cuties for cuties. Um, but yes, Kendall and I, we've been married for nine years, I've been to the ministry for about 12, I've been to this since 2008, no, yes, so um, where, probably the first one I went to, there was probably as many people in this room, that was the first one, really? so wow. it's come a long way, it's exciting to see it grow, more people. So, amen, right? Okay, I'm going to pray, and then we will begin. God, thank you uh, for retreats, to get away to um, get away from our normalcy, um, and just be out in nature. I know that some people love it, some people hate it, but we're grateful to be with each other. That's always what makes the place, is one another. Um, please be with all of our lessons and all of our hearts that we're just listening to what you really want us to uh, hear. We can make one step closer to you, uh, loving you more, loving you deeply, uh, and just speak through me right now. Amen. Amen. Uh, Okay, so this is spiritual warfare. Um, We're going to kind of flip around to a few scriptures. We're basically in Ephesians, but the first one I'm going to read is Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. And kind of my first thought is really understanding the importance Of the fight. This is called a spiritual warfare class, so a little fighting. But you know, what is so big about this spiritual warfare? What's so important about it? So in Ephesians 6 10 through 12, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So my first question, I really want you guys to think about, who are we fighting? Who are we really fighting? When you go back and you look at this scripture in Ephesians 6, so you can take your stand against the devil schemes that the person you're fighting is the devil it's not each other it's not the church culture or, you know i hate the way the church does this you know we all we all have our things it really is the devil that is who you are fighting and i think you know when we think of fight maybe you think of you know Cat fight, girls pulling their hair, or <laughs> movies you've seen, or maybe even like a physical fight between someone. That is a very worldly way of fighting. You know? Or if you fight someone <clears throat> and you just are like, bye never talking to you again. <laughs> you know, the world really wants us to fight anyone who thinks differently than us. I'm sure you guys feel like can't that she won't be my friend anymore. Or, you know, if you portray someone once or hurt you once, it's a fight and we're done. They lie to you, they mess up, uh, maybe they look different. Um, fighting in the world really, like, it's disunifying. Like there's, That's kind of the result of it. So, you know, it really only takes one thing to write someone off in the world. You know, and that there's like no room for grace. I'm sure you guys have maybe even felt that, maybe you've experienced some of these types of things with relationships. Um, And then like the smallest thing you do to someone and you're immediately a toxic person, you know, like, okay, that's not what toxic means, like abuse, Mm -hmm. taking advantage, that would be toxic. But the world fights differently. They've defined fighting, um, very like, you only have to do like the minimum to create a fight and to create like, okay, now we're not friends. You know, like I said, I'm sure all of us have experienced those type of conflicts in one way or another. So I don't think it means like, okay, we'll never have problems when we live in rainbows and sunshines. No. But I do believe that um, rather than these problems being eliminated, I want us to realize that someone is waking up every day to fight to take you out. And that someone will use anything or anyone or any situation to do it. But you have to remember, who are you fighting? You're fighting the devil. And he's like, hmm, how can I take Mackenzie out today? He really knows his stuff. He's the one that helped you get into all of that sin. So he knows how to bring you back. So, you know, the importance of the fight is you've got to know who you're fighting. I think a lot of times when we get in conflict, you feel like you're fighting the other person. Or fighting a group of people. But really Satan is like walking around and just thinking how to take you out. The real enemy is the devil. Um, No, I think Satan really understands who he's fighting. He knows he's fighting God. He's not fighting you. He's like, I'm trying to win his Because at the end of the day, Satan does know he lost the war, but he's going to win every single battle that he can. And so he's using all the tools he's got. You know, in Ephesians 6, we see it. We read the call to put on the armor of God so we can stand against the schemes of the devil. This is imperative for us to grasp who we really are fighting. You know, John 10, one says it very well. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is coming to destroy all your hope and peace, kill your faith, and destroy every relationship. You know, in another scripture in Ephesians 4, 25 through 27, it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we were all members of one body. And your anger, do not sin. Do not let your son go down while you are still angry. You know, I think this is one way. And do not, sorry, I didn't finish it. And do not give the devil a foothold. I think when we know we aren't fighting like the real enemy, I think this is one way it comes out of, which is you give the devil a foothold. So if you're angry at someone or if you have a conflict and you let it go on for... Weeks, Maybe years. I had someone walk up to me and she said, four years ago, you looked at me this way across the room. I'm not kidding you. And I was like, I didn't even see you. You know, but she probably had other things she was thinking about. But we worked it out. And we moved on. Like, <laughs> wow, can you imagine holding on for four years? She probably never not want to see my face. So that's kind of a small example, but the Satan had a foothold on her. And, you know, if, can you imagine, you know, if someone had your foot and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, illustrate that in your mind. You cannot go anywhere. You just probably fall, flat on your face. So, you know, long-term anger with a brother or a sister is, that's how the devil gets a foothold. You know, um, when we sin against each other and let the sun go down for years or for any level of hurt, Satan has you. You may think, I don't want to talk to them and they're not going to listen to me, and you may feel all high and mighty. But guess who's really winning right there? Satan. Again, who are you fighting? You're not fighting that sister and brother. You are fighting Satan, and he's winning the spiritual warfare. Because our battle isn't flesh and blood like the world says, where it's against you and me, it's against our differences. Oh, you're too different, you think differently with all these, you know, all the world politics, race. Everything, right? Well, if you're different, then we aren't friends anymore. That's the world. But things like, I got you. you. You don't even fight the real battle, so I'm going to win. We can be so concerned with our sea battle, and that's, that's not where Satan's fighting. He is fighting in the ring of the spiritual battle. You know, or even another example is in... Ephesians four, twenty nine through thirty two Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we tear each other down. When we speak to lift ourselves up, we don't consider how that may hurt someone, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we will not grow. We stop the Holy Spirit from ever kind of influencing us. Um, And so again, it's like you're fighting the wrong fight. You're not using the tools that God has given you. The Holy Spirit is a tool in the spiritual battle. But if you want to fight the way the world does, by like gossiping or going to so-and-so, you know what, Susie did this to me, and I'm la-la-la-la-la. I hope that other person goes, well, then go talk to Susie. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's a biblical response. Susie doesn't respond well. Bring someone else in. There's a biblical man. There's a next step. Bring in an elder. I don't like God understands this is not easy. He gave us a little, like, here, let me give you some help. This is probably where this is gonna be hard. But again, like grieving the Holy Spirit, grieving basically your food spiritually. Like you're not gonna grow, you're still gonna be mad at that girl or guy or a group of people. You know, I think a lot of time. It can, I mean, it's easy to think, this won't harm my spiritual walk. It can be very individual thinking. Well, they are rude, and I'm not, so they're the problem. You know, or whatever, we all think different things. But, (laughs) how we, I mean, if you guys really read the Bible, read the Bible and only think about what it says about other people. It's basically the whole Bible. God's like, look, this is how you're supposed to live with one another. It is, that's... That's how, how you treat each other shows how much God is in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the attack Satan's using. It's like, great, this is what God created to reveal himself. We're going to read some more scriptures on that. But, oh, I lost my picture. um, so, you know, I think about, um, evil and like, it doesn't come and go. It doesn't go to sleep. Like literally, evil is waiting. It's waiting to use a situation in your life to take you out. Satan is waiting. Satan doesn't sleep, y'all. He just waits around. What can I use in your life to hurt your hurt so you can be against people? You know, again, Satan really knows his battle. Do you know your battle? Do you really know who you're fighting? When you are in pain or you're in hurt or you've been in a conflict with someone, do you you go back to Satan is the father of lies? Satan is the real enemy. What is he trying to do right now? Um, So I I want you to really understand the importance of the fight that it's real. You will grieve the Holy Spirit, you will give him a foothold, you will not grow. And he is, he's fighting the right fight. He knows which one he's in. Do you? Do you know the fight you're in? So I think the next part of really thinking about this subject, okay, well, how do we mend it? Great. I see the problem. Well, in Ephesians 2, 14 through 16, for he himself is our great peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. For dividing the wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in him one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So if you go back and you read a little bit before this, it's talking about... He broke the wall between Jews and Gentiles. Like, salvation wasn't just so that we could be saved and go to heaven. He was like, no. <laughs> it's so that we all will be one together. You know, if you read in John, I think it's 17, I could be wrong. But his prayer to God is that the believers will be all one. Like, that's that was his, like... That's what he wanted most. It wasn't like, I hope they get church culture and I hope they read their Bible every day and never. No. He was like, what's going to show me, what's going to show Jesus, what's going to show God is people who do not belong together. You know, I mean, I'm sure all of you maybe didn't grow up in this, our fellowship of churches. You guys can think, what kind of church you go to? I'll tell you what I went to. I went to a white Baptist, okay? They do not speak during sermons they do not clap it is like the frozen chosen like we don't we did nothing okay and it was one of the things i noticed first i was like wow there's it's not so divided that is not god's plan for there to be white asian churches black churches like especially in america we have the opportunity to be united so there's a lot we have to work through don't get me wrong i don't think that's an easy switch but that, that he's like, no, I'm going to break the wall of hostility between our differences, between our different experiences. So I want you to think like, wow, this is God's goal. His his thought process in mind was like, y'all gonna be best friends, and we're like, y'all, what? no. But it is true. He was like, no, it's so much bigger than just you being saved. Cause I don't know when you guys see people who don't belong with each other, you go, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> You kind of question it. The, the world questions it. Yeah. Like, why are you guys friends? Why are you doing this together? It is God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, I want you to let that be what you fall back on. Okay, God said he's breaking the barrier between our differences. That's what I have to hold on to when I'm in a challenging situation with someone. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, When you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You know, I love it. It says, live a life of the, uh, sorry, to live a life worthy of the calling. Be humble. Be gentle. You know, I heard someone once said, she's like, when you go into a conversation, aim to understand rather than to be understood. And I've done that, and I'm like, look, I have something to say to you, and I hope you recognize it, and we can move on. That has There's no humility in that mm-hmm. sentence at all. It's all about me, myself, and I. And hurt is hurt, man. I've been hurt plenty of times. But I've also seen when I am hurt and seen victory in people I'm very different than. I'm like, okay, God, God has a bigger vision than me. You know, it's kind of, we can make our pro- and we've heard this, we can make our problems so much bigger than God. Yeah. And God's like, look, I hear your problem. I'm with you, but I am much bigger than that. Yeah. Um, but ask yourself, how, how are you doing living that life? How humble are you? You know, walk through this scripture. How patient are you with people? Do you forgive people? One of the things as a parent, You know, and there's so much drama about what you should do as a parent. Another story, guys. (laughs) But where our older two, you know, they're three and five. They pick on each other all the time, right? And they hit each other. And then, of course, they play with each other. (laughs) Of course, Mike, you need to apologize. Did they get it completely? No. Teaching them the basics. You need to take responsibility. You need to say, I forgive you. And... You know, I don't know about y'all, but do you guys ever say to whatever conflict, I forgive you? Not really. We say, it's okay. It's okay. And so we tell our kids, it is not okay for you to hit people. (laughs) So that's not the right response. That's not taking responsibility. Responsibility is saying, I forgive you. So when you're in conflict with people, do you use that phrase? That's a spiritual phrase. Like, I forgive you. I typically don't. Someone says, sorry. I, it's easy for me to be like, it's okay. No, it's not okay for them to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. It's not okay for them to never respond to you. How little the thing is. It's not okay. Use that phrase. You know, bearing with one another in love. I think about that phrase. I'm like, wow, you have to know a lot what's going on in someone's life. You know, there's a funny a quote but I feel like it's so real. Like behind every jerk, there's a sad, sad story, and I think it's so true. Not that we need to say that to the person we're talking to, but I. Think, yeah, right? But I think I'll say that in my head. I'm like, okay, they're they're kind of they're they're mad. They're upset with me. They're frustrated. They're kind of being mean. There's something else going on. I want to bear with them. How am I bearing with them? You know. And there's a level, ladies, that's way out of our league, okay? We probably know when that happens, like really intense issues that need expertise. But just the day to day things when people hurt our feelings, miss things, don't call us, don't initiate, the list goes on, or they say something, or they give you a bad look. It's okay. Sometimes we got crazy faces on. <laughs> so but I, I I want to be someone who bears with people, who's patient with people that are more challenging. Because, man, when you... I feel like the friendships that have given me the most growth are the people who are very different than me. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the people who are exactly like me. <laughs> we think the same. We're emotional. But then the people who aren't, I feel like I learn the most. Like, God has a bigger vision than we do. Remember, he's like, I'm coming to tear down the hostility between everyone. <clears> okay. <throat> um, Another scripture, Ephesians four, eleven through sixteen. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I like, there's a lot in this. There's a lot in Ephesians in general. But, you know, some of the, I think, verse 13, we will reach unity in the faith, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That each one of us in this room, when we are unified, when we are building, we are literally reaching unity in the faith. We are attaining the whole measure of the fullness of God. So, I want you to kind of think about that. Like, maybe unpack that later. Like, the whole fullness of God, the creator of the universe, is we, get, we, are, we represent him with each other. That if I'm over here by myself doing my own thing and have no relationships or I'm bitter or, you know, fill in the blank, the fullness of God that, you know, reach unity in the faith cannot be done. You know, I think sometimes we can chuck off boxes. Okay, reading my Bible. Okay, going to church. I'm being nice to people. Okay, I shared someone someone about God. You know what? It's easy to think that way, but none of that was in the scripture. I'm pretty sure everyone was a hot mess Mm -hmm. in those kind of maybe things that we think about. But the principle is, no, 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 no. He is given roles. He is given strengths. He is given gifts. You know, they go through some specific ones right here, the evangelists, apostles, blah, blah. But, you know, 2022, we still have those today. Yeah. Like, each one of you has a gift, has a, has a strength that I do not have. I cannot bring the fullness of God by myself. Mm-hmm. And either can you. We really need each other. You want to use each other. You want to, it's almost like, have you guys ever been in a Bible study sometimes with people and, you can feel like you just want to be the only person helping someone. I think people can feel like that in the world. They want to show how much they give to charity. They want to show this is what I'm doing. It's all yourself. God's like, no, I want you to do it together. How, like, I like that should be a relief to us. We're not doing this alone. We have help to help people know God. We have help to serve people in any capacity. Like The fullness of God is done with each other. And if we walk around mad at each other, that cannot happen. We are stopping the growth. We are stopping what God is trying to do. <clears throat> you know, so... Kind of even asking yourself... How do you view the relationships in the church? Do you believe like, wow, me and so-and-so, who's my arch enemy right now in the church, or maybe church in general... We, we don't do so well, so no. Okay. That's, that's fine. We, can, we all have our bad moments. Someone once told me, sometimes you have a bad spiritual week. Someone goes, sometimes you have a bad spiritual decade. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you want to unpack that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot. Um, so it's okay. We're going to be weak. Some of us will be weak. Some of us will be strong. Okay, well, address. It'd be a Self-exam. Where are you in your relationships? And do you really believe what these scriptures are saying? That God has brought, like, wow, I can tear down the hostility between people. I mean, the Jews and Gentile hostility was, was intense. You couldn't even walk to the other city. People would bypass places. I was like, yeah, that's not what we do. Like, what's convenient? <laughs> so, like, God destroys the hostility. He wants us to represent him. So in Ephesians three fourteen through 21, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches you may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that, the Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray for you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, when you read this, you read the word you a lot. You know, I hope you will be strengthened. That you is plural. <laughs> He's not talking to Mackenzie alone, okay? Remember, this is a church written to... This is written to a church in Ephesus. Ephesians, the people, Ephesians. That's the people. He's writing to a group of people. So go back and read that. I pray that out of this glorious riches, he may strengthen all y'all, or all you guys, with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in everyone... To grasp how long, how wide. This is, he, his prayers for everyone to get this. And, you know, so this isn't an individual mission. I need to really understand God's love. I mean, I think we do, don't get me wrong. The bigger picture, the bigger picture is for all of us to understand God's love. And I'm sure all of us, to one, at one point or another, now, before, you're all here. You understand the love of God. And so when you're in, like, a quarrel with someone, they're missing that. Because they're focusing on the wrong fight. It's like, well, okay, how can, we, how can we be reconciled? How can we fight for each other? How can we understand the love of God? Because, I mean, disunity, conflict, it destroys us. I mean, people have left churches because of these things. Nice. Yeah. Like, this is, no, this is no weak fight. This is, like, this is hard and heavy on people's hearts I'm like wow i want them to understand how great god's love is so i will be resolved with you if it takes a while that's okay we will have so many conversations until we make peace that is god's aim we are god's people he wants us to be as holy people not just a holy person you know and i love that that's that's his prayer again i think I don't know about y'all, but I used to be like, okay, I pray for so and so never to be mean, and I pray that I never skip my time. <laughs> like We make it so just all these things to do. And his prayer was, I hope they know how much God loves them. Does that it. That's what he prayed for. If you ever feel like you don't know what to pray for for people or a group of people, just go back to this scripture and just read this. Implement, you know. I pray out of his glorious and riches he may strengthen the Kennesaw ministry, <laughs> strengthen Athens, strengthen, fill in the book. it's okay for an individual, I've totally done um, it. I just love this focus, that our focus isn't this worldly mindset of just like, they need to be better and they need to change. No, the focus is ah, the fullness of God. Okay, reconcile. Okay, we can do this. We can bring other people in. We can make this work. It's okay. You know, I remember, I mean, I have, I've had people <laughs> come up to me and say, well, I didn't bring it up to you because I felt like you didn't hear me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What did you, like. And sometimes people need, like, a little bit more help listening better. That's okay. And I told her, I was like, I'm so sorry that I came off too strong. or And sometimes some of us are more timid, and timid so we can be like, I don't want to share it. She's so confident. And I take her on. You know, I've been there. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to her. I'll just uh, deal within it in my heart. <laughs> no, sometimes you need an apology, guys. And so, yeah, I told her. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't want that to happen. I told her. I was like, if I do that again, you, may, you have permission to bring an elder in. <laughs> because I believe in God's fight so much more than what Satan is trying to do. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's figure this out. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I will forgive I will apologize. That's my aim. I want to be patient. I want to bear with you. I want to hear your pain. I want to meet you where you're at. And sometimes, girls, we're oblivious. And sometimes we just don't even hear. So sometimes people need to be like, hello. There was one time I told someone, I feel unsafe talking to you. It stopped her in her tracks, let me tell you. It hurt her. She was hurt. (laughs) She's like, oh, I'm sorry. What's going on? (laughs) Because she just didn't understand what she was doing. And that's okay. So maybe you need key phrases to help people understand you. That's the one that I use. I don't feel safe right now. That, and, and you're not saying, like, they're about to, like, take you out. <laughs> but you're saying, I don't feel like you're hearing me. You know, I don't feel like you're listening to what I'm trying to share with you. And it could be the other way around. Like, why well, I don't feel you here. Okay, well, let's back it up. Let's keep working through it, you know? Um, when I first moved to Nashville, there was a girl, she was a sophomore and we um, we just did not get along very well and um, she was from up north I'm from the south so there's some differences for sure she grew up in the church I did not and but we I think I came in with like woohoo got it the great. I've had no problems <laughs> and I think she was like our ministry is crazy please don't come out like that you know like we just <laughs> We <laughs> were on different la- wavelengths and we just could not, we were just bumping heads time after time. And she's a great girl. It's not like, you know, this, like, this. we're not trying to come at each other, right? But we were not on the same page. And uh, I mean, to the point where I was like, Sigh. you know, you get, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have been there real. I don't want to be around her. Um, I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, I, that's how we got. We got really weird and funky with each other. So, guess what? Someone came and sat with us, and we worked it out. <laughs> um, and we understood each other. And, like, literally, she is one of my closest friends today. Like, if I, had been mar- if I had not been married yet, she would have probably been in my wedding. And she lives in Atlanta now. I'm like, yay, we're together again. Like, I mean, the conversations that we had and, like, the conflicts we had, I would have said, no, that's never going to happen. She will not be my best friend ever. <laughs> But that's because someone worked with us to really work through it, to find peace, to find that common ground. Does that, happen to, does that have to be the end result of every single one? No, but it is the end result of being resolved. I was completely resolved with her, completely at peace. I think another one um, is a lot of the racial stuff. I grew up white, so you don't understand what perspective I bring to the table. Um, and I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, okay? Mm-hmm. White people nation, okay? I went to TSU, which is a historical black college. Mm-hmm. And this one, that I was talking to the girl, she's like, I was like, oh, where are you from? She's like, Atlanta. I was like, let me tell you a part. She's like, oh, you wouldn't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm no, so dumb. I've never been so humbled in my life. <laughs> I was like, you're probably right. <laughs> but... um. So, you know, there's a lot of layers to those conversations. But I think one of the biggest um, layers that was, like, helped was, like, having a friend like Latoya and her having a son. Mm-hmm. Some of you know him. Jordan's white, but Cam is black. The man, he's black. The little boy looks black. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then my son is blonde, light eyes. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Latoya, and she's just sharing the conversation she's going to have to have with her son mm-hmm. as he gets older. I will not have those conversations. Now, I need to have some kind of conversations, <laughs> you know, but I don't have to have those. And I was like, it hit me. Like, it was a huge level for me understanding the differences. And I was like, wow. And I got no tiff with her. I love her my whole life. So sometimes our conflict isn't necessarily people, but it's like topics and challenges that we just disagree on. But I felt like understanding Latoya and what she has to do for Cam and Caleb. I don't have to do it for fit. he's blonde people will be like oh you should save the world you know <laughs> like <laughs> but I, I just appreciate God putting people in my life like wow he's wanting me to see things mm-hmm. so when you next time you have someone in a difference or you see things differently God's trying to be like no 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 this is going to be amazing get this mm-hmm. this challenge is actually going to reveal more of me mm-hmm. and that is awesome that's what we want So, you know, Satan wants us to fight against each other. He wants the church to be divided. He wants to destroy what we have. That's his goal. Satan knows that God's glory is shown in the church. That the spirit resides in the church. That maturity in Christ comes from people in Christ working together. You know, Satan knows that we live out of a calling by forgiving that the purpose of the cross was to reconcile us to both God and to one another. Satan knows the fight he's fighting. He knows how much good this brings. But that's not his aim. His aim is to kill, destroy. Satan will tell us the other person is the enemy. The battle is between you and them. Satan will tell you that you know exactly what happened and your perception is the truth. But our battle isn't flesh and blood. Our battle is not with one another. It's against the lies of Satan. It's against his... <clears throat> his forces. His, his weapons. It's like he's going to use hate. He's going to use disunity. He's going to use differences. You know, he's going to use... That girl looked at me. He's going to use... Oh, she got the boy and I didn't. Like, he's going to use anything and everything. He's going to use your parents. He's going to use social media. He's using it all. And some of us are losing the battle. And we are fighting the way the world fights. I encourage you. I've been through enough fights. You do it through God. It's going to be victorious. Remember, Satan is not sleeping. He's waiting. What can I use? We must put on the full armor of God. Go back and read that again. What What do those things mean? Study it out for yourself. We fight against the spiritual battle. Aim to work out your issues of people because we are the fullness of God. We are how we win against the schemes of Satan. That's it.